Hello everyone, this is uh, Kyle Klammer here, coming at you from the NBA Jamboree 2019. I've also got... I'm Zach Welch. And, and Zach, this is the... This is the Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Excellent. We're going to go ahead and everybody else introduce themselves here. Jake, you start. I'm Jake Renion. I'm the co-chairman of the Jamboree. You bet. I'm Lauren Seidel. I am the other co-chairman of the Jamboree. Eric Albrecht. I am the NBA membership chairman. I'm Aaron Jor. I'm just a guy that's here. Perfect. <laughs> that's what we needed. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start things out here. Zach's just going to run through some NBA announcements. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, so we had the statewide meeting earlier today down here at the Jamboree, and um, I guess the biggest thing to announce is next year, the dates are already set for the Jamboree next year, August 6th, 7th, and 8th of 2020. So if you're not here this year, make sure you're down here next year. Can't miss out on it. Yeah, we've uh, definitely had some fun this weekend, guys. Do you think so? Or? No. I'll probably come again next year. Yeah. You think so? All right, good, good. I'm, I'm iffy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we knew you were iffy already. Yeah, well, that's fine. Not in that way, but <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready Perfect. for next year already. Excellent. All right, well, next thing uh, is our trophy wall segment. Um, so we've actually, um, I think we're going to have three three good stories here. I'm going to have uh, Jake just start things off with, so the subject for the day is um, white-tailed deer hunting. And all three of both, uh, or everyone, Jake, Warren and Eric all shot bucks last year. They're just going to kind of give a rundown of the stories on that. So, Jake, you want to start things off for us? Absolutely. So this actually is a good learning lesson for you. Don't breathe on your release when it's cold outside. It leads to bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down. Hold on. Yeah, show notes. And Come in and show notes. Pen and paper out. We're going. I'll take some details. Yeah. So I, I killed good buck uh, earlier in the season and went out, just start getting cold. Uh, deer were starting to rut a little bit, rattled in a buck. He's a pretty decent one. He'd come in a couple times <clears throat> and debated killing him. I thought if he comes in one more time, he's done for. So lo and behold, 30 minutes later, he comes by at about 10, 15 yards. And he wasn't a monster, so I wasn't shaking too horribly bad. I could kind of stay in a tree stand and uh, <clears throat> pulled back, settled the pin. I thought this is a for sure kill shot. Released, and the arrow didn't move, the bow didn't move, the release didn't move. It had froze up on me. <laughs> so I flipped it back closed, flipped it open three or four times, nothing happened, kept it on the deer. Finally, about the fifth or sixth time, the arrow actually released and stuck right behind the shoulder. It was a horrible shot. You know, Eric's quality, but it'll do. And, Sorry, uh, I was opening a beverage. <laughs> anyway, I watched him run off, made it about 100 yards, laid down and died. But I think that was just 100% pure luck that I ever got that, that deer down after that happened. So when it's cold out, don't breathe on your release to warm your hands up. Very good. That was a great deer, man. That was a... Was a Four by four, I believe, as I recall. Yep, four by four. Yeah. How do you, you remember these things? I don't know, man. Just, He's just that good. Well, awesome. he, he brought it to my house and gloated about it, so that's oh, how right. I did it. <laughs> he pulled up, me. pulled up in my driveway. He's like, look at this. I'm like, oh, okay, great. No, <laughs> just, no that's a great deer, man. Excellent. But, yeah, I guess uh goes to show you, don't be breathing on your release. Huh, Jake? Or? Yeah, 100% true. <laughs> Does this go back to, like, the thing when we were young that... Uh, you have to be careful wear, on what coats you buy. You don't want to wear it. Right. You don't want to wear the, the coat because you hit your coat sleeve and miss a giant muley. Well, obviously. Was it, was it five yards? It was more like 15, but obviously <laughs> it's a true thing because Corby then killed it later on. That's true. And he wasn't wearing a coat, so. We're getting off topic. Excellent. On that, no, that that's was, fine. That that's, was a comical story. This could yeah. go on for days if Perfect. we kept going down that road. Yeah, Oren, tell us about your deer from last year. Yep, I did shoot a deer last year. It was actually the day before rifle season, the morning before when I got my deer. Um, here a few years ago, I kind of started dabbling into traditional archery. Grew up shooting a compound forever. And 
it, it consumed me, and I just kind of went with it. And I killed a couple animals with it. I killed a small buck a couple of years ago, killed some turkeys. Um, but that buck that I shot this year was my first mature solid whitetail with my bow. And that, that bow was actually a recurve that I had built out of an old compound riser, so it was a pretty cool deal. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it was the, the morning before rifle season, and I actually almost, I, I had hunted pretty hard that season, and I was getting pretty discouraged, and I almost, it was one of them days, it was cold and nasty out, and I was in bed, I'm like, man, I don't even want to call out, and I'm like, man, I'm going to kick myself in the butt if I don't, so, went out, first light, here he come, walking right in, he come in, there's about 10 yards, turn broadside, and let him have it, and it was a good, solid shot. Right, right in the pump house, and he went about 40 yards, piled up, and that was it. So that was cool. He was kind of a unique buck. He would have, I'm guessing, would have been a solid four by four, but his left side was uh, all messed up. It was just like a big corkscrew coming out of his yep. head, you know. So I mean, technically, it was like a four by one. Really, yeah. there was really no points coming off of it, but it was pretty cool. Back Definitely one of the most That's memorable cool. hunts I've ever had. Yep, that was a really cool buck. Yeah, right. that was cool. That was a that was definitely high on my list of getting a good mature whitetail with traditional gear. Especially sure. with a bow you built yourself. Yep, oh, very right. cool. Yep, be tough to beat it. Yeah, how did how did you you said you used the compound riser? Yep. How'd you do that? It was an old um, bear black bear compound bow that. I found for like 25 bucks. Got the bow, put it in my press, took it all apart. Literally all I used was the riser. And then I just kind of fabricated, I bought some recurve limbs and kind of fabricated them to fit in that riser and the limb pocket angles and everything just kind of worked out good. And it shoots, it's 62 inch bow and it shoots like a dream, really. It really does for as cheap of a, I mean I got 100 bucks into it. And it's a solid shooter. That's pretty cool, man. Excellent. And then, uh, Eric, you, you also shot a buck last fall, right? I did. Why yep. don't you give us a little rundown of that? Well, I'd, it was a pretty standard. I was, honestly, it was one of, it was a hunt. I had one stand that I set up that last year I seen a, a lot of good bucks out of. And I hunted it a lot last year. And, uh... <clears throat> didn't seem to have a whole lot of luck out of it. I, I shot a doe out of it, actually, but I hunted it a ton. So this year, I saw a lot of them, but they weren't uh, within range, I should say. It's right along the river. And <clears throat> across the river, is the, this is the neighbor's property. So I had about eight bucks one day come into this spot that were all great deer and never come across. And they were out of range so I just you know was like wow that's that's a good spot and this was right like November 1st right during the rut so anyway this year or last year I guess whatever you want to call it at this point in time but I completely avoided that stand until November I went and hunted everything else but I did not hunt that stand and the first time I got in it was November I don't remember first I think November 1st I climbed in it for the first time in the morning It is a really loud book. It's, it's coming in on here. <laughs> also, the the uh, the sirens that were just going off came yeah. in as well. So we're outside, by the way. So in case anyone's wondering, yeah, coming to you live from Halsey <laughs> National Forest. You bet. But anyway, uh, so I set the stand. I hadn't really even looked at it. I just knew there was good activity there. I stayed completely out of there. So I climbed in it. There. I had the right wind. I climbed in it the first of November, and. Uh, Jumped up. <laughs> Would you quit? Sorry. <laughs> Distracting people. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I climbed up in the stand, sat up first thing in the morning, and literally within the first 15 minutes of light, I heard something coming across the river behind me. So I stood up and grabbed my bow, and sure enough, it was that buck. And he walked right underneath my stand, come out at a quartering away shot at about, he stopped at about 30 yards. And I shot and hit him, <clears throat> and he ran off, stopped right out there in the open field, and I could see him standing there, and he toppled over right there. 
It was literally first 15 minutes of light. By the time 20 minutes had passed, it was over. And it was just like, snap, and it was done. And it was one of the most memorable, my biggest buck to date with my bow. And anyway, so I sat back down, I had a cup of coffee, and I finished my <laughs> cup of coffee, and <laughs> stared at him over there, and took in the moment, laid, looked at him laying over there, and uh, kind of watched the sun come up, and slowly climbed down and walked over to him, and loaded him up. That was pretty awesome. That's it awesome. Was, it, was a, it was a great quick hunt but it worked great and I haven't been back to that stand since so it was a big deer too yeah he was 130 grossed 142 I believe and nice headed right around 138 I think. Yeah. awesome yep so did my anybody one. Uh, get any pictures of the deer they shot before deer, like trail yeah. yeah I took all kinds of pictures after I killed him well right <laughs> <laughs> I, I had got a lot of pictures of deer but I never not not that one I shot. I never did. No. So they were all movement deer. Yeah. Through yep. the rut. Well, I said this one that I shot. It was the day before rifle season. I mean, it, they they were going. You yeah. know, they were cruising. Yeah. That's it. When I shot him, he'd actually just got done. I, I watched him. Got done working a scrape, and then walked over to me when I shot him. Yeah. So yeah, they they were moving for sure. I I didn't. No. <clears throat> I didn't have nothing on him. Excellent. Well, congrats to all you guys. Those are yeah. great stories, and thanks for sharing that with us, for sure. So. You bet. I, I got one more thing. I, I was going to touch on this, and I kind of spaced it off. But that that deer that I shot with my reefer, that was actually on public ground in Nebraska in a ground blind. And anymore, I know that a lot of people struggle, myself included, finding private ground to hunt. Mm-hmm. And Everybody knows Nebraska only has so much public ground. We're kind of lacking in that compared to a lot of other states in the country. What do we have? Isn't it like 97% private? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. it's yeah. very small. We're like, For, compared we're like to everybody else, very small. Second to the bottom, I think. Yes, yes. compared yeah. to Idaho, it's 70 plus percent. Right. Yes. We're, I think we're second to the bottom in, in percentage of public land. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Last I knew we were. Yes. That being said, for those people in that same position, which I know a lot of people are, and it's not getting any easier. Are you going to tell us where you're standing? No, I'm not, but I will tell you this. <laughs> there are places out there if a person has the desire and the drive to get out there and look for them and find them there, there you just have to go to it. Which one's that? Yeah. That's one I just told you. Oh, oh yeah. Another side point on top yeah. of that I just thought of. I just looked up the picture. I killed my deer November 6th. When did you shoot yours, Orby? Well, I had, it was the day before I thought I had to look at the, at so, the date. Yeah. We call Oren Orby. That's his nickname for another yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I'm just. No, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. So, you know, early mid November. When did you shoot yours? November 1. November. I think rifle season was November 10th. So it was okay, November well, it would have been the 9th then. Yeah. yeah. So obviously you have more deer activity then. Yeah. Those Correct. bigger bucks are getting out. But for something sure. we had talked about earlier today is this is the first year I had tried it. I did not sit any of my good tree stands until the end of October. Yep. That's the second time I sat in that stand. Yep. And I saw three to four times more deer out of it from doing that. Mm-hmm. You're not going in early season when those big bucks are right. hiding, well, not coming out. And like I was just saying on mine too, exactly to your point, I hunted the, the heck out of that stand, well, it'd be two years ago, I guess, constantly early season. I sat that thing all the time. Because I had seen a lot of activity and got good pictures, I never saw nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't see. I didn't see anything. I does. I shot those out of it, which probably, you know, wasn't the greatest idea. But I can't pass a doe up if they're ten yards. It's just, I'll shoot them every time. It's still but, fun. Oh yeah. It tastes so good. And they're so good. But anyway, I made a choice with that stand because I'd seen so much buck activity when it hit November. They never come into, like I said, they never came into shooting range, but I chose to stay out of that. I like didn't even go in and scout it. I just cleared out. And I'm telling you, it was instant. I set up, like I said, and they were under me. You know, and the year before they avoided that spot. And the funny thing about that place that I shot that deer, and I didn't mention this, but the guy owns the, the guy that I have permission on it was private ground but he has this little strip of trees 
right down from his house. It's, I mean, it's a good 500 yards from his house, but it, he's got the river running through the middle of his property. This area is clear off the river with a small little strip of trees, and it ends up coming to meet the river right where I sit. And it just, it's a spot that you would, com it's completely overlooked. There's does all over it in the early season, and they come out on that corn and eat all the time. But it's completely overlooked because there's more people that rifle hunt that and everything than just me. But I've hunted all over that property, and there are more. It's a good spot. But it's completely overlooked. And what I'm getting at is a lot of times it's crazy to see the spots that, that seem to be overlooked that the big bucks hang out in that almost get more activity. I'm not saying hunting activity, but just well, a lot more humans. Well, it takes that one little plump thicket out in the pasture that everybody drives past. Yep. It's well, crazy how that's that can work. the big boys are there. They know nobody's hunting there. Mm -hmm. If you find a spot you wouldn't even consider, a lot of times you'll find something good there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so well, anyway, what, to yeah. your point, I'm assuming you were saying don't just deny or avoid the public grounds. Yes. Never hunt public ground. And always hunt early. No. There, like I said, there is places out there for people in those positions, which I know there's a lot of people in those positions. I mean, geez, just, you're not out anything. If, if that's what you're limited to, get out there and try it, but don't be scared to get back in there and work a little bit. There are spots there mm -hmm. you just gotta find. Exactly. I mean, I guess to touch on that, I don't know if you guys watch the hunting public or not. Um, they hunt strictly public ground. They travel throughout the season. I mean, they'll go all over the place, and they actually came to Nebraska. So I, I watched that episode or whatever, kind of see where they went. And they were, they were, I mean, people talk about hunting public ground that's super pressured and stuff. And they're at this spot in Nebraska and uh, they're going past all kinds of people and they just hiked back in there. And I think they ended up killing like a 145 yeah. On, yeah. on public ground. Yep. I mean, and, it, and it's like so many people overlook it and stuff, yep. the hunting public stuff. It does get overlooked. You don't see it, you know, watching these. TV hunting shows nowadays, you know, you see people on public ground, the DIY stuff, it's all Colorado, Idaho, yeah. Montana, all this stuff, and that's all, and, and I get it, they got so much more opportunity, and in the public land aspect in Nebraska has, but it, it's still there, you just gotta get exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. 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 You shot a good white tail a few years ago on public ground, didn't you, Aaron? Yeah, it was quite a few years ago, but it was totally public. Mm -hmm. It was managed area by the game of parks that was strictly an archery area okay it was a public area but it was archery only and i can't really say that any of that was any more than luck or my doing i was hunting with orin that weekend he had scouted that whole area set the stand everything and did he, you pay him for that um no yeah. i'm still waiting for that check <laughs> <laughs> but he's oh. He told me to go set that stand. I wasn't even planning on hunting that evening. And he just, I watched a couple fawns all day playing right under me. And all of a sudden I heard, ksh, 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 and I looked at, and he was straight down. He was, he snuck right in there. And wow, he went, I don't know, probably 30 yards and tumbled yeah, up and maybe. some. What did yeah. you score? Yep. Did you ever have him score? Maybe you didn't. Yeah, I think. He was right at, I think he was 142 and 3 eighths or something like yeah. that. That was a great deer. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That brow time had a 90 degree angle on it too. Speaking of, yeah. of him setting up your stand and everything, that reminded me. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh boy. So for here those of you that don't know, me and, <laughs> me and Orby here, I don't want Jake for the most part, but me and Orby here, we went to kindergarten together. We've known each other since we were kids. I went out to this little spot on my family's land. How old were we? 13? I don't, what are we talking about? Your first year with a bow. No, I think I was actually like 15. Was it? My first year. Okay. So we were 14, 15 years old. I had shot a couple deer. He had never, he just was getting into bow hunting. In fact, you had, when was the last time you bought a bow? Or you, you had just bought your bow, excuse me. You yeah, just, yep. It was a bow that I ordered via catalog, uh, Buckmaster 2000. That's right, the old Buckmaster And I remember your dad knew that I had ordered a bow, and he's like, oh my gosh, he had absolutely zero faith in me ordering anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, catalog I remember sitting in your basement and your dad shooting at things like, well, that actually shoots pretty good. 
So anyway, I had this spot that I went out in my family's land, and it was kind of exactly what we're talking about, just this little plum thicket area, right off, you know, a ways off the road, a ways off the road, and uh, anyway, <laughs> so I, I went out on my own and built this little ground blind, put a bunch of branches up. Did you help me? No, I did it myself, didn't I? No, I helped you set it up. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Orby helped me set it up. We'll go from there. So I set it all up, put all this stuff together, and I had to, it was horrible looking. I mean, like I, my head was sitting up above it and everything. Anyway, I sat there two or three, four times that year and seen nothing but does and like one small buck. So Orby's like, hey, I'm shooting pretty good. You know, we got him set up with broadheads, and I had this other spot down on another piece of property we had that, you know, we had all set up and it was like, that's the spot. You know, that's where the big one's gonna roll through. And it's gonna be a monster come through there. I'm all excited for it, you know. So me and Orby get up, we were 15 because I could drive on a school permit, but that's beside the point. And anyway, so we drive out there. Early <laughs> Giving away your secrets here. We drive out there and park walk in and I say, okay, Orby, here you go. Sit right in our little ground blind here. You, you know, you could shoot a doe, something like that. Okay, all right. He's good. So I get him set up and I drive down to the good spot, you know. So I set up at that stand. <laughs> First deer walks in. It's a little spike that only had one horn. <laughs> the other horn was just a little uh, white tail, you know. So I pull back and I shoot him. And I'm just pumped. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I'm going to go back and tell Orby I got one. You know, I, and this was before we had phones. Yeah, oh yeah, phones. this is way before so cell phones or nothing. I had to go get him, you know. <laughs> so I get the deer, and I just leave him lay. I walk out, <laughs> get in the truck, and drive over to Orby. And he's out sitting by the road, kind of just looking at me. So I roll down. How'd you do? Orby said, I don't remember. Pretty good. How'd you do? <laughs> I said, I shot one. You did? He says. I'm like, yeah. It's just a little spike with only one horn, but I'm pretty pumped about it. I said, how about you? He goes, yeah, I shot one too. And I was like, you did? Get all excited for him, you know. Was it a doe or what was it? No, it was a four by four. <laughs> and then he just smirks at me. And I'm like, just my face just fell. I'm like, what? <laughs> Which I was totally excited, but I'm like, Really? So we walk over there, and it went like, what, 20 yards? Yeah, maybe. Not even. Yep. There's this buck, because I didn't believe him. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, I walk over there, and there's this, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he wasn't a monster, but he was a beautiful buck. He's <laughs> laying dead there. I'm like, well, that, there you go. So He, he was probably like 120. Yeah, oh, he's a great buck. buck. You know, somewhere in there. Yeah. Obviously, no giant, but man, at that time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this has got to be the world record. Oh, yeah. And I <laughs> yeah, walked up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's a world record. I remember being so jealous of that deer for years. Yeah. Well, I would. How do you think I felt that day? Because <laughs> then we get his loaded, and you know, we field dressed him, get him loaded up in the back of the truck. He's like, let's go get yours. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Vulture's already got it. <laughs> Maybe we ought to just... No, just but we, go, we go down there, and I remember walking up to him, and Orby's just looking at me. <laughs> nice butt. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Oh, so anyway, yeah. That's great. Well, thanks, you guys. Jeez, those are fantastic stories yeah, and everything. Great stories. Um, Zach, do you want to go ahead? I just we're gonna bump right into the next little segment here, and then we'll kind of wheel back around to the um, well, talking more about hunting and everything. Kind of a few things just the one to touch on. Um, Zach's gonna talk about the recipe of the podcast. This is actually from your dad, by the way. Yeah, so go yeah. ahead. Yeah, my, my dad's been doing this. We just started doing this last year, actually, and it's. I gotta say, it's probably one of my favorite ways to eat turkey. You know, normally you fry them up, deep fat fry them or whatever. But uh, this way is a little different. You take the breast and uh, kind of flay them out till they're about a half inch to a quarter inch thick, and just lay it flat. And uh, what you're gonna do is you cover one side completely with cream cheese, um, put some pickled jalapenos on it, and then then you're gonna take your flat chunk of meat and roll it up and wrap it in bacon, and then just throw it on the grill. And, man, I tell you, it, it's simple, but it's some of the best turkey you'll eat. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. Definitely, no. <clears throat> Good stuff for sure, man, for sure. Um, 
Well, yeah, let's, uh, I guess I just want to, I guess a couple other things here. Zach's, so normally this would be the section of the podcast where we would talk about listener emails or questions, but uh, since we're just starting and we don't have any listener emails or questions. Um, we also have zero service out here. Yeah. None. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any uh, things that you want to bring up or, you know, just please email us. The, the email address for the podcast is nebohuntpodcast at gmail.com. So please send us any and all of your comments, feedback, anything from the podcast. We would appreciate everything. So, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all on that. Uh, Go ahead. It's a little bit out of order, but yeah. we just talked about the recipe. The yeah. Something hitting Ooh. the grill. Ooh. Uh, I acquired what I consider to be a once-in-a-lifetime couple of pieces of meat last year. A friend of mine gave me two steaks from a bighorn oh. that had got hit on the highway, and I took them to Orrin's house, and we put them on the grill, and it was so good that it was almost, it was shocking. Like, I had to look at the package several times to assure myself that yes this was the big one <laughs> because it did not taste like what i really? expected it was is it pretty tender too yes yeah. it was the most mild tender meat i've ever had it was it they looked like a couple of beef steaks and they tasted better than beef steaks they just looked super lean but i think all we did was salt and pepper on yeah. one and a little bit of yeah. all purpose mm-hmm. seasoning yeah, we, on we the other we didn't marinate them at all because we wanted to you know, we're like you know geez i mean in all reality this may be the one and only time in our lives we actually get Giddy. to try yeah. free range wild big one okay. yeah. so we didn't want to doctor it up too much but yeah salt and pepper on one little bit of seasoning on the other that that was it oh, and man. it was it was mind-blowing it, it, it was very good yeah cause, awesome. you know you just you don't hear a lot of guys talk about eating bighorn, I mean, because they're just such a rare thing for people mm-hmm. to get, and, yeah. I mean, you, you would think, I mean, just how, where they live and everything, they'd be tough right. and stringy. I've, I've eaten, you know, lamb or sheep or whatever yeah. a, a handful of times. And it's all right. It's it, a little off, though. It is. Yeah, I, I really like it, but you can almost, you can taste it, you can tell yeah. that, that it's sheep, you exactly. know? And I was kind of ex- expecting that in this, but not at all. If I didn't know that's what I was eating, I would say that is a extremely extremely lean beef steak. Yeah, I, I, you know that's funny. You ever, you ever you you said I think we talked about this earlier, and you heard you said something about that lamb almost tastes like what it smells like. Yeah, like yeah. what when they're still on the hoof, you know, you got that smell. Yeah, you guys know that. You guys ever have that where you eat something and it tastes like the smell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm not weird then. I just was <laughs> well, not weird. <laughs> well, on that note, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I expected it to be a little bit gamey because of where it lives, what it eats. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's climbing rock faces all yeah. day. I would think, like I said earlier, I, th- I would think it'd be stringy and tough, and yeah, you know, it's just like not a lot of guys talk about eating sheep. No, yeah. You, you, no, well, it's not, yeah. I mean, who do you know it has got a freezer full of big horn? Yeah, Nobody. Exactly. Or you see I mean, someone post a picture with it, oh, I got this big horn, and you see someone with milk, you're like, oh, I can't wait to eat all this meat. No one ever talks about eating sheep. Yeah, right. And there's not a lot of meat with it either. No. Because this was a roadkill, so he didn't get very much to begin with. Which and, was legal for you to have, by the way. Just right, it was, it. yes. He had contacted Game Parks in Colorado. They met him at the animal and helped him cut it up and take it home. He Did got, you imagine pulling up on a road, fresh road-killed bighorn? <laughs> you know, I I had talked to him shortly after, and he was, it was like a holy cow. He whipped <laughs> it over and waited on the side of the road for Game and Parks to get there. Yeah. To wow. get a That's salvage cool. tag. And, and was it a ram? Or it was a U. It was a U, yeah. That might even be. And who knows, maybe, maybe I'd be curious to see what the difference that, between that's, Ram yeah. and That's what I was going to say. It, it maybe could be, a Ram is... Could be. I'd, yeah. We'll probably never know. I, I'd, probably. I'd like to find out. But yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, no. even when guys do get them, you know, I can't say from experience, most guys can't, but when they do shoot one, it's a one-day pack job. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. everything they already have on their back, they're cutting it up and throwing it in the pack with it. So... 
they maybe get, I don't know, 40 pounds of meat uh, deboned? I don't know yeah, what a... I don't know. What well, a, I, I'll say that at a North American big game, there is very little that I have not had the opportunity to try. I mean, I had caribou, moose, elk, whitetail, muleys, antelope, all that stuff. And I will put that bighorn right up there at the top of the list for yeah. anything like that. It was, it was amazing. You ever eat cicada? <laughs> no. Not since I was about three. Can't, can't say that I have. But, uh, you know. Why are we Why are we eating cicada? I don't know. I just heard it come. I heard it start croaking, so if anybody can hear that. When you eat tag soup as much as Eric does, you start looking for alternative things. <laughs> I, I actually did watch Trent Philbrick down here at the Jamboree one year. I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. He did eat a homestead grasshopper. I remember that. Yeah. 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 That what was the thing? So Homestead Grasshopper, then things are oh, what? They're five they inches, average, five inches biggest long. Four yeah. They five average about a yeah. pound and a half to two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a <laughs> Boone and Crockett right around there. They're real, they're real lean, too. Are they? Good, good protein. Fiber. Good yeah. protein oh, yeah. source. No, you know, can, are we good with talking about oh, go ahead and meat yeah. for a little bit? Jeez, I was, yeah, I was yeah, telling the story last yeah. night because it's... I hear all the time... I hear all the time that, you know, not all the time, but I hear <laughs> a lot of people that uh, they don't like deer meat. I'm sure we've all heard it. We oh, don't yeah. eat deer meat. We don't eat wild game. It's too gamey, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, uh, a while back I was with a, an old guy, and uh, we were hanging out, just got done. We cut up a bunch of deer. We had a bunch of mule deer, and I helped him cut them up, and he had shot them, and, and I think him and his, his boy and their grand, his grandkids had all shot one. So anyway, we cut it up, and he uh, he chunked the meat up into just little, I mean, like one-inch cubes. Went up to the to the stove, threw it on the cast iron, threw some oil in the cast iron, flipped that meat in there, salt, pepper, cooked it up, just a little, nothing else. That was it. And he, he laid it out on a plate and then put Louisiana hot sauce over the top oh, of yeah. it, slapped it down, and we ate that, and I swear to you, that was some of the best I've ever eaten in my life. And I've done it multiple times since with deer meat or whatever, and it's just as good. Sometimes I think you just overthink it. And the biggest yeah. thing, with in my opinion, with wild game meat is people overcook it. Yep. Mm -hmm. oh, exactly. If you overcook yeah. wild game, it will be horrible. Yeah, exactly. You need to eat it with medium rare. Have we at talked the, about at this the, last? At the most. Medium rare at the most. Rare. If it's still grunting, it'll taste right. good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> telling you. I, you don't even heat it up. Just yeah. a little salt yeah. and pepper. Yeah. Now you guys quit. Tiger you know, meat, tiger meat, right? No. Oh yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> you know, that's probably where but, a lot of that comes from. People say they don't like it. They yeah. ate it overcooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Guarantee it. Because I talked to everybody, and a lot of people are scared of it. They want to cook it mm -hmm. to make sure it's not bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not sure why, but you know, they. I've talked to a lot of people about it, and I've, you know, we've all cooked. They'll come try. It. I and we've cooked it, and it's just people are just blown. They don't. Away. They, they don't yeah. believe it's deer, you know. Yeah. No. Just, yeah. I am more scared to eat rare meat that I buy from your popular big grocery store. Absolutely. Than yeah. I am something that I harvested free range. Yep. Yep. You know where it came from. You know how it's handled. I think that's yeah. where people get the perception, though. Is okay. So wait a minute. You shot this, and then you loaded it in your truck, and now I'm eating it. It's, you do it yourself. Yeah. Right, you do it yeah. yourself, but people think that but even they, they don't understand how the process works. They I, think and I think meat comes from a grocery store and it's oh it's gone through this inspection, this inspection, this inspection. Well yeah. but there's so many places that that meat can come into contact with something that is harmful. And honestly mm -hmm. I I've, I've eaten meat from everywhere and every kind and I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I've never you know I think it's more of a scare tactic or, or make people I, way more over, way more worried about it than they need to be. Yeah. I don't care what kind of big game it is. The second that animal is killed, yep. Yep. take care of your meat. That, that's you the it. biggest thing. Yep. Yep. Take care of it, cook, get, get on top of it, take care of it, cook it medium rare, and it'll be good. Yeah. That's like what exactly. I, you know, I always heard about antelope. It's like, you know, guys say, oh, antelope, well, yeah. nasty. But yeah. it's like, I feel like half those guys, you know, they don't, they're not taking care of it. I mean, oh, it's, it's something that they're it's, not taking care of it or, or it wasn't cooked right. Well, right. that too. Well, because yeah, antelope too, came, yeah, yeah. I've, I've overcooked an antelope right. steak. Right. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. 
But, yeah. I mean, like we talked about last episode, a lot of guys will go out and shoot an antelope. Or, yep. I mean, even like a mule or something. Early season, out. it's 95, and they, yep. they put them in the back of their yep. pickup and go show all their buddies. And, yeah, you do that with a do cow, it. it's going to taste terrible, yeah. too. Leave them in the heat all day. Right. I don't care what kind of meat you got. Yep. I mean, if you put it in heat, it's going to taste like trash. Yep. Do, you, do you think there's something that maybe is overlooked here? Because um, I've been getting into the Western hunting a lot, living in Colorado. And those guys will not only, you know, gut them right away, but they'll also start quartering them and get mm-hmm. that hide off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that heat, hide, that, 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 that so hide holds a lot of heat. Yeah. yeah. And, and they will, a lot of times they're not in any kind of area where they can get ice to actually cool right. it down, but they'll hang it. And let it almost dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get that crust on the outside. They talk about like that two-day yeah. crust. Yep. That they Seals get. all the moisture yep. in the yep. meat. Exactly. Oh, and you know yeah. something we talked about a couple. Me and Orrin talked about a couple years ago. Was uh, if you're if you're out there and you're, and you're going to do something like that, where you're going to cut them up, you're going to you're going to gut them, and then you're going to start quartering them. You might want to clean your knife. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that that sounds. Silly, yeah. and, it, and it kind of if is. If you start slipping through that tarsal gland of, uh, tarsal gland of mm-hmm. an extremely fired up buck, and you, you go from that. there, and Ooh, then you boy. go straight into the meat and start cutting it off. Because when you, not to interrupt, but after no. you skin a deer, what is, not everybody, but I, I would be willing to put money on it. The majority of hunters out there, what is the first thing you cut out of a deer? Loins. Back straps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you took that knife blade that you just cut these tarsal glands off of, cut the hide off of, and yeah. bam, you're cutting loins out of the deer. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I am a firm believer in that I, I contamination. Am. I really am. And if you clean a deer like me, it's covered in all sorts of guts and stuff. So <laughs> got a super steady hand. Yeah, not just guts, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it just just taking care of it. For those of out yeah. there that don't like wild game or haven't had much of it, give it a shot. Exactly. Let somebody that it. has tried it or knows has it down. Yep. To cook it for you. Definitely. And you may change. Get it cold. Get it clean. Get it dry. Yep. I I've met a number of people that claim they don't like wild game, and me or. Know, some of my buddies will cook it up for them and they try it. They're just like, there's no way that's deer. There's no way mm-hmm. that's animal. Oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just like... Well, just a few nights ago when we met those people from Florida that were up here. Yep. Met these people from Florida that were up here and we fed them elk, whitetail. We did have some beef steak, And too. beef steak, yep. We and they were, they were blown. Of the, you know, they were never introduced to any of that. And they were blown away how good all that stuff the was. The elk and the deer was yes. compared to the ribeye. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean the ribeye was great, but they it were, was. they wouldn't believe. Sure. You know, they were just shocked at how good the elk and elk and the deer were. Right, and you just got to get them to try it. Yeah, yep. my my wife absolutely despises deer but loves elk, and I don't know how many times I've cooked up deer and she's thought it was elk. <laughs> <laughs> she still doesn't know, so she can't listen. To this. Yeah, hopefully she doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast, right? No. <laughs> Riley Runyon, yeah, quit listening. Ignore that. <laughs> Yep, yep. He was kidding. That's uh, all fantastic information, guys. Thanks for all that input, for sure. Um, I'm just going to kind of run down. So this episode, I mean, we kind of just wanted to touch on white-tailed deer hunting, and, you know, we've sort of touched on a, a lot of it. Yeah, we went on a – that's okay. No, that, we, That's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. That, I love the way that's this went. I mean, exactly. just get on here and talk. And yep, because your guests are fantastic. Exactly. Well, that's what it's no. about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I'm assuming you guys are going to have another episode of the actual masters of hunting we're sitting here with. Yeah. Kyle and no. Yeah, right. Let's no. the, the amount of trophies <laughs> they both took last year is just astronomical. They're we being humble asking us if we shot a... Did you, you, you shot a whitetail last year, didn't you? Oh, yeah, you yeah. shot one nice thing, didn't <laughs> you? I shot, I shot an animal. What did you shoot last ago? year, Kyle? Uh, well, I buck? got I got a whitetail buck, a mule deer buck, and a antelope, which was my best year ever, basically. Yeah, yeah. I've never killed a mule deer. Yeah, and so I killed one of those. And and it was a giant. It was, it was, it was a, a nice monster. buck. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Nice buck. Whitetail. Whitetail was. Yeah. Your whitetail though, that mm. that was that was 
That was a, I won't ever forget that night, that's for sure. You I would ask Welch, but we've already heard We need another episode. <laughs> yeah, I've never been this close to a celebrity before. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. Congratulations on yeah. your article, by the way. Oh, thank you. If you guys don't know magazines. Uh, what's that? I need to have you sign yeah. one of them. I need to grab one and have I you could, sign it. I could do that, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel worthy. It doesn't feel real. But, yeah. <laughs> If anybody isn't aware, uh, Peterson's bow hunting, right? Yeah, Zach's, Zach's got an article yep. published in there, so pick up an issue of that. Yeah, it should be on shelves. Out. I actually got a text from a guy last night. He got it in his mail, so any day now it should be out on the shelves. And We're not awesome. worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, so um, just wanted to kind of touch on a few topics here. Like I said, we've already talked about yeah. a, a lot of this stuff, but um, – one thing I had brought up here was preseason scouting, especially for white-tailed deer. Um, you know, why, why don't I mean, whoever take the floor and no. just kind of talk about. I was know, gonna say we were yeah. kind of talking about this earlier. We're sitting up at the tailgate before the yeah. meeting, and I talked to all these guys. I mean, Warren and Jake, and just everyone here has so many different ideas how they go about it. Yeah. About preseason scouting and everything, and uh, you know, you get these guys who go and set trail cameras in May. You know, and just at it the whole time. Then you get guys like who don't even set trail cameras, mm-hmm. you know, and scout. And I guess Orrin's made an excellent point earlier is, you know, if, if you don't have a buck that you can consistently, like, summer pattern, you know, get in that early season, you're I, better off just waiting. Yeah. Not, not. I am a firm. I'm, I, I you're, am. you're exactly right. I, I think if, you know, if you don't have a spot where you can consistently pattern a buck in the early season and you're going in there and messing with trail cameras, you're hurting yourself later on. And I I think a lot of that goes into, you know, me, a lot of people will argue that point and and I get it. Me personally, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm just like any other red-blooded bow hunter out there. I want to shoot the biggest buck I can. No doubt. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not. But then you have your other guys that they're trophy hunters too nothing wrong with that that's just how it is you know where i don't run very many trail cameras early season yeah there might be a booner or you know a 160 inch deer or whatever running through there that i i don't know you know and maybe that 145 inch buck walks in and i shoot him And, and personally i would be very very happy with that I I really think that they're they're not dumb. I think you go in there that one time to hang that camera or that one time to set that camera, especially these guys that are getting close to the bedding areas and back in there, they know. You know, mm-hmm. scent control, all that stuff, you can do it all you want, and it definitely helps, no doubt about it. But It's, I, it's not 100%. It is not 100%. No. I don't care what it is, they know. And those big boys do not put up with it. They just—they don't. You guys know that. I, I mean, preaching and you, and you can always—you can always—you get one pinned down, you know, and guys do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. pin one down with cameras and everything else, and they fool them, and they, they yeah, do. They yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you can't it, do it. it works. There ain't nothing wrong with it. No, there absolutely. Right, there's but I, I'm a lot like I'm a lot like Orby here. I I do it a lot the same way. I don't do a ton of preseason scouting. I, I mean, I should I, I should take that back with cameras. And stuff like that. I like to go out and maybe set a camera, maybe not. I do a ton of glassing. That's, that's, well, that was my next topic, so that's distance. funny. Go yeah. ahead. But I have, <laughs> yeah. but I have a lot of. I'm I'm blessed with a lot of good ground, and I can do that with high bluffs that I can see the white tails come out, and and uh, <clears throat> come out and watch them, and I can see right where they come out from. Like you know, I take my kids out in the pickup in the summer, and we go out and park, and they run around and we look for deer and it's something we do and it's it's a lot of fun for us but you know honestly I'll see that I'll go in like I told you you know I'll set my stand and I've got my stand set but you know that also you know I've got my spots that I've hunted since I was in high school so I have those pinned down Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy it a bunch you know a prime example of shining away from yeah we got it And, and anyway so the other side of that, people that uh, you know love to set up cameras, shying away from that prime example of where that benefits you 
I had a major trail going in and out of a canyon to a cornfield and I had a camera on. Set it up, two, three weeks later I went and checked it and I had seven different bucks that were beautiful bucks. Were they big? So they were pretty darn good for me. One three by three, four <laughs> spikes, and two four <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. Beautiful. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. Yeah. No. So I reset exactly. my camera. Yeah. You know, I came back two weeks later to check it, and the day I went out there, I thought I shouldn't go in. It's a south wind. My scent is blowing right into that corn. I know they're bedding there. Sure enough, two weeks later, I checked my camera, and I had does only. Just a handful of does. Every buck, every buck had left. Mm-hmm. And just for me going in there to check that camera, I didn't go in the corner, I grabbed it, walked out, and that was it. Done for him. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to run your camera, you've got to be willing to accept that that big one might be there, yeah. and he might be there in 30 minutes, and, but you, you don't know it. It's just, exactly. it's just how it's it is. It's not going to change your odds when you're in the stand, necessarily. You just kind of know. But don't shoot something that you ain't going to be happy with. Exactly. Whether yeah. I don't care if it has spots or if it's the 30-point buck. Yeah. I mean. If it's a button buck that the nubs fall off of. <laughs> yeah. How are we doing on time, guys? Do we need to? We're getting close. We're getting kinda, close. To we're getting close to the time that it is for. It is for. picnic. Let's just kind of. We'll just do a couple other little things here with the uh, preseason sky. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about food plots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you guys do some food plot stuff? No. Yes. What are your thoughts on it? I attempted once and it burned up. And that was about <laughs> it. it was wonderful. Well Good done. Good night. Green <laughs> thumb. Green yeah. thumb run you. Yeah. Do, you yeah. do you plant a garden every year? Yeah. <laughs> it looks horrible. <laughs> I would like to. I like the idea of it. Yeah, I right. think well, it plays a very valuable part in your bow hunting arsenal or rifle or muzzle or whatever for that matter. But would you hunt over food plots or do you do, or, or do you use it as a as a way to, you know, better your population of both. deer both? both. Yeah. You know, we, we we do do some food plots. We don't have any huge fields, you know, these guys got we're sitting on a you know quarter section of food, you know, looking over, you know, a few dozen deer a night. We we don't have anything big. It's just a couple acres. You know, we plant soybeans. I mean, we plant alfalfa. I mean, we switch it up all the time. Do a blend of stuff, and it it does make a difference, um, especially in the early season. You sit on the edge of them. I mean, I I like sitting edge of food plots early. Yeah. Um, you know, later on, especially, it helps us out, especially the alfalfa. It keeps a lot of deer around for us later. And, you know, through the summer kind of gives those bucks, you know, the nutrients they need to, to grow to grow over the summer, you know, and stuff. So we do do some food plot stuff, but honestly, the biggest bucks we've killed on our place haven't been on food plots. And, yeah. you know, you I... Know, some guys will tell you, great, plant a food plot. Find out where they're bedding, plant it a ways away, and hunt that mm-hmm. travel. Hunt, hunt the travel, mm-hmm. yeah, that's those, the biggest thing. Those big yeah. bucks aren't going to be standing out there 45 minutes before Right, something. They're going right. to be inside on the downwind side checking for does. Exactly, mm-hmm. yep, exactly right. Mm. I, I, would, I would like to do it. I, I think it's I think an, an amazing idea. I do. Me, like I said earlier, the position I'm in, I don't, I, I don't have the opportunity to do food plots. I'm, yeah. And Almost a lot any of, more yeah. public land hunting. Yep, you know, a lot of guys I don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the land to do it yeah. or or the time or money. You know, I would like, say a very, and that's, you know, you watch hunting TV nowadays, nothing against it. It is what it is, but you see a lot of that stuff. Food plots, trail cameras, oh, all that stuff. Yeah. That's all great and grand. I would like to know what percentage of American bow hunters have that scenario. Guarantee you, it's not a lot. Mine, twenty percent, maybe. I, 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 don't I don't know. I mean, I yeah. hate to say without knowing yeah. for sure. Well, I'm, I've got private land to hunt, and I, I. Well, yeah, just because you have private land to hunt doesn't right. mean you can do food plots. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. I I'd have. I mean, there's, yep. you know, there's more people than me that hunt it, and I, you know, the landowner wouldn't really. It's 
it's not really his yeah. forte. He's not going to tell you, please go disc up my meadow. Right, exactly. That. That's a lot of it. So, I would say one thing that's good about Nebraska, though, is a big portion of the state is a giant food plot. It is. I, oh, no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, it is. The deer are definitely corn-fed. Aren't we like 101% corn? <laughs> no, I think I'll take no, there's some soybeans, some alfalfa here and there, but yes, it's it's the whole state acts as like a food plot. Yeah, it's like got, we're an agriculture. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it's a good something point. like that. So yeah. you could play that very easy, like Jake was saying. There, he had deer going in and out of this cornfield. Well, you didn't plant it, but that acted almost like your food plot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's 100 acres. Yeah. Well, yeah. A little harder to figure out. Where and it. unfortunately, it's Jake shooting a bow, but for the yeah. next time. <laughs> That's the biggest down here. <laughs> but no, it's it's another tool in your arsenal. If yeah. you can do it, man, I, I'd be all over it. I would, yeah. no doubt. I got to bring this up. This yeah. is totally off topic. Go. But it also has to do with Halsey. Please. So, if you listen to the last podcast, I challenged Jake. Ooh. Yes, who, who won that? Oh, I'm raising my hand. Jake, Jake Runyon <laughs> won the challenge. I guess the bigger won question the is what, what's the punishment or, uh, I guess, <laughs> reward for the other? Well, I, I, you for some on? reason I shouted out sniff each other's undies, which is you know, <laughs> questionable, questionable at best, especially we've both been here for long enough. I'm not sure I want to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the punishment is, but I think anyway. We stick with it. I've got a pair that have been sitting in the hamper. Days <laughs> <laughs> fermenting. Well, Only five. They're there. Ding. Turkey's done. <laughs> so yeah, I have to admit defeat. I I lost. Yeah. Maybe next. Year. What was? Do you remember the? It was like inch and three quarter and two inches. That's what the distance. Yeah. There you go. What there are you, you talking go. about? The distance shoot. Yeah, quarter, yeah. quarter inch. We're quarter quarter inch. inch away. Quarter inch difference from sniffing undies. Yeah. So. There are so Why many jokes with a quarter inch close. right now, but I can't, can't say that. Yeah, I'm anyway, sorry to go off topic. While, no, no, no. while talking about the, the jamboree ice. here, no, on, on a serious note, though, I do got for any NBA members listening, or anybody for that matter, if you know of anybody at, at all that is getting into bow hunting or wants to get into we're looking for members mm -hmm. yeah always yep. always looking for members no doubt i mean it, anything you can do we're, yep. we're all about it oh yeah get, and get the word out there let people know what we do and what we're about and you know we'd like to get as many people as we can here and keep this exactly going. right and we've yeah, all been I, coming here since we we're sorry zach i didn't mean to cut no, you off but every, since we were kids just We've little been coming here, yeah. and honestly, I don't. I, I think I can speak for everybody at this table, but this is a weekend, the jamboree that we've looked oh, forward we look to. Look forward to every year. Every year, yeah, we since have last now. August. Coming to people that have never been here, I guess we're talking to now, but or of anybody you might invite along, you know, it's it's an incredible exactly. weekend between yep four different ranges that are unlimited shooting that are awesome 3D targets set everywhere to. The meal tonight that we'll do. To Not only that, but for for the new bow hunters getting into it, the wealth of knowledge oh, of people that yeah. come here. Yeah. I don't care if you're yeah, a well, shooter, yeah. compounder. I mean, nobody on this podcast, but there's yeah, lots of people else. here. We can point you in the right direction. <laughs> we will no. set up a sign that says "over here." Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a great deal all around. Oh, it's a good deal. It's I've, a ton of I've fun. never had to wonder if I had a, an issue with one of my bows, like. Gosh, I don't you have really more than know. One bow? I've had more than oh, one. Okay. <laughs> but you do a spin, just look around. There's five people that have worked on that specific bow, or if they don't know how to do it, they can fix any bow. Or if they don't, they know somebody that does. Right. Yep. There's it's like going to a pro shop and it's free. Only better. Yep. Only better, yeah. Because then no, you can learn how to do it, and then you don't. Exactly. Right. And not just the weekend; the whole organization. Absolutely, yeah. it's amazing. It's been, I'd say, a place you could almost call home. You know, oh, yeah. as a bow hunter. Definitely. No, For other, us, it's been exactly. I was so. going to say the other thing was we talked about earlier. You run into so many guys who who bow hunt. 
you say, well, you should come to the Jamboree this year, the NBA Jamboree. They're like, well, what's that? You know? Yeah. They, yeah, I mean, you talk to so many people who bow yeah. hunt who never even come to this stuff. and it's like, Yeah, just get the word out. Yeah. Spread and get yep. them down here. Definitely. Yep. There, there's there's nowhere else in the state of Nebraska that you can go somewhere and shoot that many unlimited free deer ranges. Oh, yeah. Nice. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it's... No. Well, and it's all kind of picking up. Like, there's a total archery challenge. There's other... Mm-hmm. Big shoots that are nationwide going around. I yeah. would guess that this is without the huge sponsor sponsorships and things like that. You can almost accomplish the same thing coming here. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Go the thing is, we got what four ranges here with 15, 16 all Reinhardt targets. Yes. I guess we never even talked about any of the ranges mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, you got four ranges here, all Reinhardt targets. Like I said, 15, 16 targets a piece. You can shoot as many times as you want. You yep. can shoot sun up to sundown, and two kid board. ranges. Yeah, and two, two kid, kid ranges, ranges that are yeah. set up for yeah. your little ones. Uh, I mean, it's and they have they don't mind have a ball every yeah, time they exactly. go to them. All the novelty, all the novelty for shoots. For the people oh, yeah. with some competitive blood in them. And you can um, yep you win right. win medals at the end yeah. of the weekend. For that matter, outside of bow hunting, we got a river that rolls right through the Halsey National Forest that you can go tubing on. I was going to say here. the most important thing: the people here. That you oh. meet, you're going to meet some people here that you'll develop. I mean, relationships with you know, it, it, we wouldn't all know each other. Oh no, no. I mean, we would, but what I'm saying is, we wouldn't right. be like we are now if it yeah. weren't for this organization. Meet some of your closest friends. The friendships right here. here are forever, yeah. and that's yeah, the best thing about it. By far, the best thing about it. And well said, well said. Well, absolutely. I think we need to kind of wrap this up. We've got uh, we got thank you for that, Jake. Um, anyways, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we need to kind of wrap things up here. Um, we we uh, these guys got to get going. They got to set up stuff for the the meal tonight. But yeah, I guess people they, expect they, us. To there was <laughs> so there was about uh, a million things we didn't get to, which is fine. We can do this again sometime and and uh, kind of the way it touch. Rolls yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we had a whitetail episode planned out, and we kind of just rolled with it, but that's the way these go sometimes. Yep. You just get talking, and I think that some of your best episodes are going to come from stuff like exactly. this. Exactly. No, I 100% agree, for sure. Um, real it's quick. Like pigeon. What's that? <laughs> 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 um, but if you guys need to get going, we just we got one more thing to close out the meet an NBA member segment. But if you guys have things to do or whatever, um, Zach and I are just going to read through this real quick. But um, we'll we'll touch on we'll touch again on the uh, um, white white tailed deer stuff at the with another episode, I guess. But who who's the member? Uh, Rich Walters. Oh, I, who's I, that? I'm going to go. Never yeah. Heard. yeah, who's Rich Walters? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. All right, well, thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah, you guys, this is Jake and Orby, Oren, Eric, and Jor. So, Aaron Jor. Anyways, we just call him Jor. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on. Guys. Thanks, How guys. many people I talk to that think your first name is Jor? All of them. <laughs> what is it? A-Ron. A-Ron. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for coming on. All right, so we're just going to finish up here quick. Um with this meet an M- NBA member segment, uh, I'm just gonna have Zach go ahead and read through this here. Um, this is Rich Walters, so you can go ahead and just thumb through that, Zach. All right. So as Kyle said, uh, your meet your NBA member for this episode is Rich Walters. His hometown is Ainsworth, Nebraska, <clears throat> and he currently lives in Kearney. Um, right now, he's the director of conservation at the Nature Conservancy. Um, his family is—he's got his wife Amy. His son Carson, who's 15, um, daughters Cameron, 12, and Kinley, Kinley yep. nine, yeah. And so, how long has Rich been bow hunting? Um, he said he's been bow hunting since his dad would take him along. Uh, he thinks he was about 14 years old when he started. Mm-hmm. Um, so, shooting a bow for about 40 years now. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, excellent. Um, any mentors? His father was his biggest mentor. Um, his favorite memory? He says he doesn't have a favorite. He says there's so many. And uh, anytime he's, anytime he's spending time with friends and family in the woods, 
that's that's his favorite. Yeah, for sure. Yep, I gotta agree to that. Understood there. Yep, he he said one though. He said watching his son shoot his first turkey and deer are up there, and he says really every trip is my new favorite. That's um, a good quote. I like that. Exactly. So well, every, well said. Yep, Rich, every trip Rich. is my favorite. Yeah, it's a good way to good way to look at it. Yep. Um, what's his favorite animal? Bow hunt and why? Um, any legal species. Uh, he says paddle fishing on the Missouri is probably one of his favorites. Um, spending a few days on the river is always a good time, with, especially with friends. And if Rich had to hunt one animal, he says it'd be a moose. He really wants to go on a moose. That hunt seems someday. to be a common. Yeah, common. I was theme gonna. I was gonna say. This. I think we've yeah. had that a few times. Everyone yeah. wants to shoot a moose. It yeah. seems like. Yeah. But uh, and we asked Rich who was his bow hunting role model. Um, he says he doesn't have just one. Any person who ethically hunts is a role model in his eyes, and I gotta say that's that's a good way to put that Definitely. too. Yeah. Um, he's been an NBA member 27 years now, mm-hmm. and his favorite NBA memory is so many. Every banquet and every jamboree he says is his favorite. Um, one special one is when his son was two and was going through cancer treatments. And at the banquet, a spontaneous fundraiser made a plastic bracelet with his son's name on it. And all the, everybody there supported his family unbelievably, and he says he not, he'll never forget that. Um, that's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That, that just tells you what the NBA does. I mean, it, sure. it's just like a family. You know, they, like you said, they're so caring. And yep. So, yep, definitely. Yep. And how has the NBA influenced him? The friends he's made through the NBA and their influence on how he hunts. Um, to be able to be a part of such an outstanding, respected group of people is amazing, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Um, two interesting facts about Rich, not related to bow hunting. Uh, he coaches his daughter, his daughter's soccer and basketball club teams. And uh, Yeah, I told him to give me two facts. He gave me one. I don't know if he considered basketball and the soccer to be two. But I, I was going to say, the, the, other one, the other one was blank, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's all right. Too. I guess Rich only has one interesting thing, but uh, that's sorry. fine. <laughs> um, what advice would you have for up-and-coming generations in bow hunting? Um, he says just to enjoy the sport, enjoy being away from technology and gadgets. It's not about harvesting big animals or about it's about spending time outdoors and respecting nature and being with family and friends. Any animal you harvest is a trophy with a bow regardless of numbers associated with it. Respect the game and be proud of the animal you harvested. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yes. Yep. I think anybody, 100%. Anybody Thanks. getting started in bow hunting, you know, they get wrapped up in antlers and stuff and Rich put it really well there, you know, yep. just get out and just enjoy it. Yep. You know, that's what it's about. Um, anything that he wants to share about the NBA or himself, he says the NBA is an outstanding group of individuals that come together to promote the sport of bow hunting, and we should be very proud of the NBA and what has it accomplished. Um, he also says, I'm looking forward to being the chairman for the upcoming year and would like to thank Kyle and Zach for cre- creating this podcast. See you all in Halsey. Which is where we are. So Which is where fitting. we are. Yeah. And got to talk to Rich today. And <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. If you haven't met Rich, yeah, he's he's one so. of a kind. So, great guy. Yeah. Thanks, Rich, for doing that, uh, filling that questionnaire out. And again, um, you know, anybody that you know, I, I'm going to start sending out a bunch more um, just to various NBA members because we just we need. I, I just need a bunch more. And Absolutely. Ideally, we would like to record. I mean, that's kind of the the. The thought is, at some point, we're going to just record everybody and um, and have them, you know, on on that way. I think that would be maybe a little bit better. But but for now, we'll just read off the questionnaire that we we set up. So um, for our closer, I guess uh, I have a few Fred Bear quotes that I found that I thought were were just really good. And I mean, I don't know if you can have a bad Fred Bear quote. Is there a bad Fred Bear quote? I'm not sure. But no. Never. Um, so a couple things that Fred Bear has to tell us uh, before we end this podcast. So he says, if you are not working to protect hunting, then you are not, th- excuse me, then you are working to destroy it. A hunt based only on trophies taken falls far short of what the ultimate goal should be. 
time to commune with your inner soul as you share the outdoors with the birds, animals, and fish that live there. And I would also say sharing it with your friends as well. But well said, Fred. And then the last one. I've always tempered my killing with respect for the game pursued. I see the animal not only as a target, but as a living creature with more freedom than I will ever have. I take that life, if I can, with regret as well as joy, and with the sure knowledge that nature's ways of fang and claw or exposure and starvation are a far crueler fate that I than I bestow. So, a couple good quotes to end there. Zach, yeah. you have anything else to add before we close this up? So. I don't. Like I said earlier, we uh, kind of planned out a whitetail episode yeah. earlier and kind of <laughs> went off on some tangents, but I think it went really well. You know, we Perfect. Touched, we touched yeah. a long time on meat, you know, talking yeah. about meat care, and I, you know, that's what it's about. You know, a lot of we talk about bow hunt stuff, you know, tactics and that, and and we just touched on a lot of good topics, you know, yeah. taking taking care of meat, cooking it and stuff, and you know, if you, I don't know, that's what we talked about the majority of the time, I guess. Yeah, no, and, that was great. I, yeah, I, and I, like I said, I always, you know, I, I try to have a sort of a outline i guess yeah i kind of strayed from it but which is fine yeah. i mean that's great i, I like just I, have it in case right. that we need to refer back to it and we exactly. have somewhere to go like so. i said some of these episodes you just go off on tangents those are going to be some of your best especially when you got guys on like eric and all yeah, those guys definitely. it was it's good talking with them so they always got good stuff to chime in with you bet but. so we're going to close it out with some four-wheeler noise in the background so <laughs> anyhow hopefully you guys uh have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks for listening so appreciate it this is kyle and zach and this is the good life bow hunter the official podcast of the nebraska bow hunters association thanks for listening guys thank you